0: My name is Pranav Krishnan, and today we have Malhar Kalambe with us. Malhar Kalambe is a 23-year-old young chap who's been cleaning the beaches for the past three years in Bombay, and he's also the founder of Beach Please. Thank you so much for being here, Malhar.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Pranav.
0: Great. So I really wanted to understand where all this started from, or rather, I would say, who are you?
1: So basically, the journey started back in July 2017. You know, now yeah. I stay at Dadar in Mumbai. Uh, I'd been to Bali, uh, Indonesia for a vacation in July, 2017. Okay. And that was my first ever international trip. You know, Mm -hmm. when I came back from Bali, you know, I was just strolling on the beach after the Ganesh Utsav. And you know how popular the festival is in Mumbai or in Maharashtra, you know, the state of the beaches, you know, how it is. Uh, And the state in which I saw the beach, you know, somewhere made me think hard that why is there a difference between the beaches in Mumbai and the beaches abroad. Mm. And I was really, very disturbed to see the beach. You know, I went back home. I was having a conversation with my mother. And she just said a simple thing, you know, that really motivated me to start the entire cleanup drive. She said that if you think the beach isn't clean, stop complaining about it. Stop cribbing about mm-hmm. it, just go and clean it. That's what we usually do you know, as, as citizens. We just complain about things, you know, we just crib about the problems that are around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought of, you know, doing a cleanup drive. So it was going to be a one time thing. So initially I had a misconception that if I clean the beach once, it's going to clean, stay clean forever. Mm-hmm. So I called up my school friends, I told him about the entire idea and right. fortunately, I got a good response from them. Mm-hmm. So for the first cleanup drive, 20 of my friends you know, turned up for the cleanup drive. Uh, it was basically a school reunion, which is now turned into a youth movement. Though we couldn't clean much of the trash because it was the first cleanup drive, but mm-hmm. the whole experience was really very uh, satisfying. And somewhere it made us very happy about the whole thing, you know, that at least we are trying to create some impact in taking baby steps towards environment conservation. Right. So we thought of coming back the next weekend again. But the number of volunteers dropped down to f- four or five, you know, okay. and that's when I realized you know, that the beach is four kilometers long. Mm-hmm. If I want to do it consistently over the week, you know, I need to involve more and more people. So for the third weekend, we, we invited a college and 60 of the volunteers turned up and you know, 60 people turning up on one call was really very mesmerizing and overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. I was very happy you know, that so many people turned up and that's how we you know, kept going. And it's been 152 weeks now. We've been going every weekend to the beach.
0: Nice. That's, that's a great story to start with. This was back in 2017, I believe. Exactly. So we started back in September 2007. So you were not even in college.
1: Uh, I was in my college, I think I was in my second year. I was okay. 19 back then pursuing okay. my uh, chartered accountancy and BCom.
0: Interesting. So a chartered accountant or rather a pursuant of char- chartered accountancy is trying to clean beach, beach, beaches. So, I mean, how did you come up with the thought that, okay, I want to do this for a longer time. Now it's high time. I start focusing on this and how do you manage chartered account- accountancy or something so serious or rather time consuming with beach cleanups?
1: So, uh, Pranav, initially we started uh, because we loved the whole beach cleaner process, you know, like people have different hobbies. My yeah. hobby was going to the beach and, you know, cleaning it like, yeah. uh, like that was my therapy for the weekend. But gradually I realized that the problem is much more serious and, uh, you know, grave to mm-hmm. the environment, you know, like, and that's when I started thinking about that, that how does the trash land on the beaches. Now, yeah. most of us think that the beach goers pollute the beaches. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the Dadur beach, uh, that the source of the trash on the beach is the yeah. meteor river. And Mithi river is very essential and very vital for the survival of the city of Mumbai. It acts as a drainage system. It acts as a floodplain, uh, which takes the monsoon waters to the ocean, you know, from the city. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, you know, that the Mithi river is the source. And in November 2018, we started with the Mithi river cleanup. So as in to tackle and work on the source of the problem and not on the beaches. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a study which says that out of the total waste that gets into the ocean, only 5% of it comes back to the beach. One person floats on the water and the remaining 94% goes to the ocean bed. So even we might clean the ocean bed, Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: uh, we might clean the beaches and you know, think that the beaches are clean, but there's a lot of trash inside the ocean bed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And talking about Chartered Accountancy, you know, Pranav, uh, I came to a point in my life where I had to either pick my academics or the cleanup drives, because it became very difficult for me to balance out both the things Mm -hmm. and it was a very difficult choice for me, but I Choose my uh, cleanup drives over my academics because that was my passion. And that was something I really loved doing. Mm-hmm. It was a difficult thing for me, you know, convincing your parents, you know, giving up your academics is mm-hmm. is really difficult. Mm-hmm. So I I dropped out. Uh, I took a, a gap year. I took a break for a year, and then mm-hmm. I switched to uh, LLB, and I'm pursuing
0: LLB right now. Nice. Okay, that must be a very difficult one year that you must have gone through. I really really want to understand that. Malhar Kalambe is known as, Kalambe, sorry, is known as the guy who does beach cleanups, who is the guy who is cleaning Mithi River. But who exactly is Malhar Kalambe for himself or his family?
1: Uh, Malhal Karambe is a very ordinary 20-year-old go- guy like any other person, you know, I, I binge watch on Netflix, I sleep late at nights. And there are a lot of people who say that your parents would be so proud of you, mm-hmm. but you don't believe it. my mom still yells at me for sleeping late at night, you know, not waking up early in the morning, hey. that's how common households are, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm a very ordinary person, the only difference between people and me is I enjoy my life, you know, I'm a party freak, I, I love mm-hmm. partying, you know. You wouldn't believe Saturday nights we'll go out clubbing, we'll party till 6am in the morning and 8 o'clock on Sunday morning we'll be there for the cleanup drive. you know that dedication and consistency needs to be there Mm -hmm. so i am just trying to spread some awareness and you know that you can have a personal life you can enjoy your life the way Mm -hmm. you want Mm -hmm. but as responsible citizens you know uh, there needs to be something on your part for the city you know because Mm -hmm. i think service to the nation and service to the uh, environment is the same thing every week to us each one of us needs to take out for our country or for the environment that's Mm -hmm. the basic thing that we can do so i'm just trying to create awareness because you know people have a uh, perception that when I say an environmentalist or a social worker people uh, imagine me wearing those khadi clothes wearing a chappal and a, carrying a cotton bag and just moving around you know yeah. that, that's not true that's not how real life is right mm-hmm. I'm a very ordinary person I drive around in a car you know there are mm-hmm. some people who call me out you know for driving in a car mm-hmm. but that that's the necessity right now you know that mm-hmm. that's the thing that you need to do but right. I am also being a responsible citizen I am also doing a lot of things that most of the people are not doing. So I'm just trying to create awareness uh, in the youth, basically, that you can have a life, you can enjoy your life, but you also need to do something for the nation.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a great thought to have for any 22 or 21 year old uh, chap in India, especially with the current situation that we are all in. I'm sure this last nine months or other eight months would have been much more difficult than the earlier two years that you have spent uh, cleaning beaches or other doing what you do. Uh, how have the last nine months been for beaches or the meteor? River? Uh,
1: I think it has been a very difficult uh, problem for us, you know, because uh, before the lockdown, you know, we have never skipped a single weekend.
2: Right.
1: Uh, we've been cleaning the beaches for consistent one thirty weeks. So you, when you work hard for one thirty weeks consistently every weekend, mm-hmm. you see a impact on the ground level. You see the difference between the you know beaches and the amount of trash coming to the beaches.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the lockdown really forced us to suspend our cleanup drives, you know. And that's and the thing what happens is in Mumbai uh, during monsoons, the BMC cleans up the rivers and the nalas before the monsoon basically Mm -hmm. begins. And so, so uh, the, whatever trash is settled on the riverbeds, you know, that gets cleaned up because of the COVID and the lockdown, the rivers couldn't be cleaned this year. So There was more trash landing up on the beaches. You know, we could mm-hmm. find a face mask, we could find pee pee kids, gloves on the beaches, you know, after mm-hmm. the uh, lockdown was lifted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that is not only a harm to the environment, but also a risk to the volunteers who are cleaning the beaches. Mm-hmm. So that was a really, very difficult task, you know. After the uh, log- lockdown was lifted, you know, getting volunteers for the cleanup drive became very difficult for us. You know, cleanup drives are such that where you have 150, 200 people, you know, every uh, cleanup drive coming mm-hmm. for the beach cleanups. But you know, maintaining social distancing has been a task for us. You know, okay. mm-hmm. and and the volunteers are really very paranoid about their safety and about their health. Right. So there are not many people turning up for the cleanup drives. And mm-hmm. since there's so much trash on the on the beaches and on the river banks, we are back mm-hmm. to square one where we started back in September 2017. So it's as good as we are on in the week one.
0: Right. Okay. So that's, that's quite horrifying as an experience to have that must have broken your heart. And also the other volunteers that are with you. So what's like the motivating factor here? then?
1: You know, like I mentioned earlier, this, this is a hobby for me, you know, but the difficult task has been, has for me been keeping my team motivated. Hmm. You know, for example, now I might go for Beach Cleanup because that's my hobby, but that's not the same scenario with every other member in my team, right? Mm-hmm. So keeping them together, keeping them bonded, you know, keeping them consistently coming for the cleanup has been a very difficult task for me because it's a volunteer activity.
2: Mm-hmm. They don't get
1: anything out of this, you know. Yeah. But I believe that, you know, uh, the bond that we share, like the core team members basically are my schoolmates. We've, okay. we've grown up together. So yes. we have that bonding already. We have mm-hmm. that trust in each other already. But there have been times, you know, that there are only three or four volunteers turning up for the cleanup drive. So what I usually do, you know, on a personal level, I take my team out for dinners, you know, once in a month, we go out on treks, we go out on trips. I think such things act as a way of, you know, team bonding, Hmm. uh, building trust between the members and also keeping them motivated that it's not only about work. There's more to life. You need to
0: enjoy life as well, but Hmm. we are also going to do the boot cleanup. So I
1: I use it as a tool to keep my team
0: together. That's that's a great leadership lesson, I I believe that beach cleanups have already given you and my, I mean, it's, I've done some beach cleanups, fair amount of them in my, in my initial years as a, as a college student, I would say. And I, honestly, it's very difficult task getting up in the morning, going and cleaning the beach for about a good two hours, I believe that you already do. And. I think a t-shirt itself gets stuck in mud like, and you spend half an hour just pulling that t-shirt out individually, right? Right. I'm, I'm sure it must be very difficult to get, um, I would say, companies to help you out in this. Or rather, how does that work? Do companies come out and help you? Is it a part of their CSR activities or do you approach them for any kind of help? How does that bit work? Initially, what I used to do is, you know, when I was, I I began when I
1: was 19 years old.
0: So you can Mm -hmm. imagine
1: a 19 year old boy going around and asking people to, you know, join them for a clean up drive, which was Mm -hmm. so unconventional at that time. Mm -hmm. Right now, beach cleanups have become a trend and it's very popular these days, but Mm -hmm. back then hardly people knew about it. So I used to make calls from Monday to, you know, Friday, make around 50, 60 calls every week and to different colleges, schools and, you know, organizations. And there used to be one or two, you know, organization or schools joining us for the clean up drives over the weekend. But over the time, as we worked, you know, uh, towards beach cleanups, we, you know, build that credibility and people saw us working uh, towards beach cleanup, you know, the dedication and the hard work, they started believing in us and and it's become a good fair of deal right now that there are a lot of organizations who have partnered with us, you know. There are a lot of schools and colleges who have partnered with us, who send their employees and students for cleanup drives on a roaster system every weekend. Hmm. So right now getting volunteers is not a problem for us, but initially it has been a problem for us. Hmm. And if you talk about Beach Please, it's just a youth community. We are not any registered organization. So we do not have any uh, sources of funding as such. You know, there have been certain generous people who have donated for the cause, but majorly the entire campaign has been funded by my team and me. So that has been a very difficult challenge for us. And, and you know, as you know, beach cleanups are very capital intensive because every tool and every equipment that you use for the cleanup drives, you know, we provide us to the volunteers, it's, it's completely a free event. So that becomes a challenge, you know, 1000 to 1500 volunteers turning up for the cleanup beds every month. And you have to provide them with gloves, face masks, tools, you know, maybe hydration and every, all those things, it becomes a challenge for us. So we've been dealing with it, but there have been certain organizations who are trying to support us, you know, uh, through the CSR activities or any other, uh, you know, uh, schemes. Uh, so yeah, it's going
0: well now. That's, 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 that's a great uh, initiative by at least the organizations that are helping you. My question was, why have, why have you not probably registered Beach Please as an NGO? Maybe it helps you get more funds, I believe. Uh, why not? Uh, honestly speaking, parnav
1: you know, I could have done that, you know,
0: the, the day I started the cleanup drives, yeah. but
1: I really, uh, the, the only motive behind the whole cleanup drives, you know, It needs to be volunteer based and citizen driven, you know, Uh, and all these, all these years, I really wanted to see, you know, that the the team members that I have are really hardworking, or just for the sake of, you know, the the fame and the name that you get through it. But I've realized that the people are with me are really there for the cause. Mm. So it's time that I, you know, uh, register ourselves as an NGO or an organization that that was the time I was waiting for. And I've I've realized one thing that a lot of organizations are who are into, you know, uh, different kinds of social work, you know. But everybody has a vested interest to it and Mm -hmm. and I wanted to keep it very citizen driven and volunteer based. That was the only reason I did not want to, you know, register. And also one more thing, uh, when you register as an organization, there are a lot of compliances that come with it. You Mm -hmm. have to give a lot of time to it. Mm -hmm. Now, back then I was studying. I was very young, you know, I was very naive. So I did not want to land up in a situation where I could fall into trouble or you know, somebody could try to exploit us. And that's Mm -hmm. the only reason I was trying to keep it, you know, let's keep it youth driven, you know, youth Mm -hmm. centric and all those things. So I avoided doing all those things, but now I think it's the right time that we register ourselves as an organization.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So jumping back to you doing your LLB then. So does this help or help you in registering or this gives you a larger perspective as to how the system works for you to be able to probably register Beach Please?
1: The only reason I got uh, into LLB was to get a better insight about the environment Mm laws so that I could be in a better position to deal with the problems concerned to environment. That's the only Mm -hmm. reason. Though I want to become a a social entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate goal I have in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought LLB could really help me in terms of, you know, dealing with any, there are a lot of problems that you come along as, as an environment, you know, mm-hmm. so it's always it comes in handy if you know, uh, the basic rules and the basic laws about environment, that was the only reason, mm-hmm. but I would like to share an incident, you know, last night I took admission uh, for my uh, LLB in the first year. Mm-hmm. And I had my semester one last year during, mm-hmm. I think December, the month of December. Yeah. I had to skip my exam because I had to go, go and meet the vice president uh, at the Rashtrapati Bhavan in Delhi.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I had my rudy shoot uh, during my second semester. So I had to, you know, skip those exams also. Mm-hmm. So a month back, I gave my SEM 1 and SEM 2, you know, as a ATKT. So, you yeah, know, I, I, I dropped
0: out again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, I mean, it's, I, I believe your parents will not have. Such a big of an issue with you not giving exams because you're meeting the vice president of India. So I really feel that's a great honor. Uh, I, I what I just want to have a chat on that. What conversation did you have with the vice president then? Uh,
1: though I did not get a chance to speak to him personally. Uh-huh. But you know, you know, going to the Rashtrapati Bhavan, sitting there feels, it's a different uh, feeling, you know. like yeah. it, it feels like you have made an impact, that you have come here on your own, you know. Hmm. Uh, right from the day when we started, you know, with, 20 volunteers to the struggles that we have you know been through and mm-hmm. sitting at the Rashtrapati Bhavan and seeing the vice president yourself taking mm-hmm. a picture with him you know was mm-hmm. an honor for me and was like an award and achievement for me
2: nice.
1: so uh, and imagine I uh, was just 22 year old guy meeting the Rashtrapati Upar Rashtrapati mm-hmm. that, that, has, that has been an achievement for me and the whole persona that he carries and the whole uh, you know I could see the Rashtrapati Bhavan be around there you know mm-hmm. he offered his tea and snacks you know that was a great feeling so that yeah. has been an
0: achievement congratulations for me. on that thank you so much I, I want to delve a little bit into the United Nations award uh, by, I believe it is by the United Nations India. Uh, What exactly was the award about and what kind of impact are they looking forward from your end or rather I would say from the youth in India itself?
1: So I received this uh, award called the V award which was by the United Nations volunteers India and the government of India, the Ministry of Youth Affairs and Sports. Uh, in 2018, basically. So you wouldn't believe that, that was the first ever award I received in my life.
0: Okay. Congratulations again. <laughs> and,
1: and thank you. And being a UN award, that was really mesmerizing and overwhelming, you know, like I couldn't believe it, you know. Mm-hmm. So they picked some 10 young chaps around India who were mm-hmm. trying to create an impact in the communities around them. Mm-hmm. So I had an, so I think the best part about it was I had, I had an opportunity to visit the UN headquarters in Delhi
2: mm-hmm.
1: and see how things work, meet some really influential people, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, create those networking and, 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 maybe, you know, uh, go around, see the place, see how things work. That was really, really very overwhelming. And, and, and I think that has been the best part about my, this thing, the journey. But, uh, honestly speaking, I never expected, you know, to receive that award because, you know, there was an incident that there was one more award called the I Volunteer Awards, which happened October 2000, uh, uh, 18.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I was a national finalist for the award. So I went for the award ceremony. I, mean, I really expected that I, I would win the award, but mm-hmm. I did not win the award. Mm-hmm. And my mom was really very disappointing. And, you know, she said that this is not done, you work so hard. I was like, see, if I deserve this, I'll get something better. Mm-hmm. And everything happens for a reason, you know. Yeah. And within two months, I received the award from the United Nations, That's which good. says that, you know, if you, if you work hard and I, if you're patient about things, you mm-hmm. get what you deserve. just yeah. have to be consistent. You know, one thing I've seen, uh, in the youth these days is people are really working hard. Mm-hmm. People are very intelligent the only thing that they lack is patience mm-hmm. everybody wants quick results you know you work right now you expect something out of it that's not how things work mm-hmm. you know you need to be patient about things you know um, somewhere the the fame or you can call the success or the recognition that we are getting right now mm-hmm. is not be- because we're doing cleanups for the past two months it's because we've been doing it for the past three years and for the per- first two years nobody took an acknowledgement to recognize our work or efforts mm-hmm. the only reason people acknowledge our work right now is because we've been consistent for three years now so consistency and patience is really really very important for any person in life
0: yeah yeah that's a great thought consistency and patience um uh, it it also helps me understand uh, that Malhar Kalambe in the public light is someone who is doing beach cleanups. But in the private light, uh, what exactly is your life like? What what how do, how does your daily activities go like?
2: So
1: uh, usually I'm really caught up with you know the cleanups and you know meetings and everything. But whenever I have a free time, you know I'll go around chilling with my friends. You know sit, sit at sit at some cafeteria, go for mm. some movies. You know. Uh, go for tracks, you know. Go go out clubbing, you know. Like I said before, this is something I do. Like any ordinary twenty-three-year-old person would do, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but like I said before, I try to balance out my life, you know. Not something like I get get vest, vested in my wasted in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Like partying around the, every weekend or something yeah. of that sort. So this mm-hmm. is something I always believe, you know. You can do whatever you want in life. You just need to have a balance between your professional and your personal life. Mm-hmm. And when you when you learn to balance the two things, I can you can make
0: great in life. Yeah. How do you connect the balance? How do you connect the dots between your personal and professional? Like, are there like thought leaders that you follow? Are there probably podcasts that you follow? What, what are those small elements for your, your connect?
1: Uh, you would be surprised. Uh, like I've seen a series on, Peaky, uh, on Netflix, which is called the Peaky Blinders. Okay. And I'm a huge fan of Peaky Blinders. For some reason, you know, I connected to that series. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing related to it but somewhere the leadership qualities how a person needs to be uh, you know needs to be calm in in, in difficult situation is something i've learned mm-hmm. and i think i'm 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 really very connected to the the character thomas shelby tommy shelby okay. and i really look up to him you know i like series which are mostly uh, based on real life you call it narcos mm-hmm. uh, i've seen the crown which is based on queen elizabeth yeah. You know, I like sit watching such series and I think uh, there's always a takeaway from such series, you know, mm-hmm. and I try to learn a lot of things uh, from such things, you know, like I've seen a biopic uh, on uh, Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that I learned from the biopic. So I think when you watch watch such things, you know, like there are a lot of things that you can take away and learn from this thing. That's what I'm trying to do, you know. Mm. Uh, and like I said, you know. As the youth of this nation, I think they are a bit confused about what they want to do. I know I've seen a lot of friends, you know, who are, you know, working hard, you know, studying and then taking jobs and moving abroad. There's nothing wrong in it. But I personally believe that if your education, if your skills are not useful for the country, then you're not doing anything great. You know, this is something which uh, Lokmanya Tilak said, if your skills and leadership qualities and your education is is not beneficial for the country then what are you doing in life you know and that's what i believe in you know uh you wouldn't believe i had an offer from the uh, one of the universities in the uh, in the u.s Mm -hmm. where i could pursue my uh post-graduation in one of the uh sectors in environment, which was basically a scholarship, uh, which was for two years. But I rejected that thing because Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay in Mumbai, stay in India and do something on the ground level, Mm -hmm. because I know for a fact that if I move out of Mumbai for two years, everything that I've created the impact is going to go down the drain. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to stay back and do something here. And this is something I've been trying to, you know, uh, explain it to my parents that, you know, that uh, do not worry about me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't make any money. That's mm-hmm. fine for me. The only thing I want to do in life is create some impact like mm-hmm. tomorrow if I am not alive or if tomorrow I'm not there here, mm-hmm. people should at least think that this person was good that this person mm-hmm. created some kind of impact. and This is mm-hmm. what I'm living for, you know,
0: mm-hmm. so that's what drives social entrepreneurs or to give, just get some context on that. What exactly is social entrepreneurship for you or for our viewers, if you can just help us understand that.
1: Uh, I think social entrepreneurship is something where you create an impact, uh, you believe in yourself, even when nobody else does in you, you know, uh, the motive is not to make money, the motive is not to uh, the motive is basically to make somebody's life easier, you mm-hmm. know, to help out somebody that should be your motive. And I think a real entrepreneur is somebody who helps somebody, you know, make their life better.
2: Mm. When you,
1: when you, I think Jack Ma, I had read something about Jack Ma, he said that when you try to solve the problems about people, Hmm. when you create a solution to the problem, that's when you become an entrepreneur. And that's when you know that you will succeed in life sooner or later.
2: Hmm. And
1: That's what I'm trying to succeed, you know, no matter what people stick to me right now or no, that's completely fine. I'm trying to create some, I'm trying to create uh, an impact, Create, you know, make somebody's life much easier. And I think when I do that, that's the motive of my life.
0: That's, that's quite like. You're quite sorted for someone who's just 23, right? <laughs> have, you, have you heard that quite a lot?
1: <laughs> uh, I have heard that quite a lot, but I think uh, the credit goes to my mother, the mm-hmm. way she's, you know, uh, brought me up. I think your parents and your family play a major role in your upbringing, you know, mm-hmm. like how, your, how your mindset is, how you look up to things. And I think yeah. my mom has been always been towards nature and environment. Okay. You know, I still remember as a kid, my mom used to take me around, you know, play with the stray dogs, you know, feed them. And that's mm-hmm. what has something come into me. Okay. And I would really like to thank her for that, you know, that the compassion, you know, uh, and the love for the nature has come in me through her. Yeah. And I think that has somewhere helped me, you know, uh, be where I am right now.
0: Hmm. That's that's great. Uh, I mean, kudos to your mom for that. Uh, Just jumping the ship a little bit towards India as a a country and looking at how big the youth population is. We are probably the biggest youth population as of now in Asia. And obviously we're about to grow more. Uh, when we talk about social entrepreneurship, do you feel somewhere that it's become a fad that everyone wants to do social entrepreneurship, but no one has a direct, uh, I would say, uh, clarity as to this is what I want to do. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: You know, like I said before, a social entrepreneur is somebody who's trying to make somebody's life easier, you know, mm-hmm. trying to create solutions to the problems. Right now, the problem is social entrepreneurs are very trending. They're really coming up, you know, they have a very, uh, what do you say? Uh, getting the recognition for the work that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So when things are in a trend, people try to copy them, regardless of what the, what the reason behind somebody starting it is, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'd like to uh, give an example is when I started the whole cleanup drive, the only motive was because I love doing the cleanup drives, you know, or maybe after a point, I realized that there's a grave problem to the environment. So I tried to to create a solution towards the problem right now because uh, of the recognition the fame kind of fame that we have been getting there are a lot of people who have started cleanup drives. but the only mati- motive is to get the recognition hmm. so when you have the, the only motive for you to start something is getting recognition or fame or success you don't uh, basically uh, sustain in the long term hmm.
2: Hmm. and that's
1: where people need to realize you know your, your goal your basics your fundamentals need to change hmm. the fundamentals need to you know trying to create solution or trying to impact somebody's life that that's that's how it needs to be that's Mm. where the problem is you know you see a lot of budding social entrepreneurs you know you know getting all the recognition for the work but people fail to realize that the hard work and the dedication that they have put in for so many years you know that people fail to realize and fail to see that's why we are lacking you know the seeing just the good things about it but there are also setbacks there are also the failures that they have faced probably you know Mm. that we don't see Mm. that that's the problem nowadays yeah
0: So tell me about a time where you felt this setback or this failure, because it has been a very topsy-turvy, I believe, journey for you as well. It's been great right now, but what was that one element or two places or time beings in, in the course of this journey that you felt that, okay, this is not working out. I don't feel like going to do my beach cleanup today.
1: Uh, you know, uh, in 2019, we reached a point where there were only three or four people turning up for the clean up drives and you know, three or four people cannot create an impact on the beach hmm. and that's when I, you know, somewhere felt that, you know, like, I just want to give up, you know, I can't do this anymore, you know, it's like, I've been doing trying to do something for the society and for the community, but people are really not, forget about appreciating people, not even acknowledging the whole fact. Yeah. And, but I think, and I I was just, you know, uh, as usual, having a conversation with my mother about the same. And I'm very open about everything that happens in my life with my Mm -hmm. mother. And she's the pillar, you know, in my life. She said that, you know, it's the difficult times, you know, the the times that break you are the times that make you, Mm -hmm. you know, we will get through this. And I think at that time, it was my mother and my team who really kept me motivating. And I think the the entire, if you say the credit goes to my team and my mom, you know, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm the face of the whole, um, initiative and the campaign there are all articles being written on me all the good things are happening to me mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of team that's be working behind the camera to make this work yeah without expecting anything. And I think that's something which is, which keeps me motivated because they aren't getting anything out of it, Mm -hmm. but they're still working so hard just for the cause, Mm -hmm. just, just because they believe in me, just because, you know, they think that what we're doing is right. Mm -hmm. I think that is something I really uh, appreciate and thank them for being with me and believing with me, you know, because being with a cause and associating with a cause for three years without getting anything out of it, you know, Mm -hmm. managing your studies, you know, some of them are even working right now, managing everything and coming for the cleanups Mm -hmm. is a challenge. You know, Pranat, there are people who travel 14-15 uh, kilometers every weekend to come for the clean-up press, regular volunteers. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that keeps me motivating, you know, like if you ask me personally, I wouldn't have done it, honestly right. speaking, right. but these guys are doing it. And that's something that keeps me motivating, you know, you know, as a 23 year old ordinary person, you know, sometimes even I feel the you know, I don't want to wake up in the morning and go for the play- mm-hmm. clean you know, let's not go, yeah. let's just sleep for more time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But then I think about all those things, you know, these guys are coming all the way from Daisar Thani, you mm-hmm. know, to Dadar for the clean-up press. Mm-hmm. I can at least travel for a kilometer and go for the cleanup breath. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what I wake up and go for the cleanup breath. So the people around me, I think I've always got the right people around me mm. who've kept me motivated, who've kept me going for the good, you know.
0: Yeah. So having the right people around you is so, so important in exactly. these cases, right? And, uh, just to like also understand a couple of things with regards to beach cleanups in itself. Uh, do you require permissions to do this for everyone and every, anyone who wants to do a beach cleanup? Do they have to come? empty handed? Do they get in touch with you? How, how does that work?
1: So uh, we are uh, present in all social media, you know, uh, we uh, after the COVID thing, we started putting out a registration link. Okay. So anybody who really wants to come and join us for the cleanup can just simply register on the cleanup uh, on the registration link. And it's a free event, you don't have to carry anything, just wear a comfortable pair of clothes, wear your boots, you know, carry your cap and your water. Mm. Uh, we'll provide you with, you know, gloves, the tools that you require for the cleanup and we'll guide you through the entire process. Because mm. every location has its own difficulties, like doing a cleanup at Dadar Beach is very diff- different from doing a cleanup at the meteor. River. Mm. So, mm. so it has its own set of challenges. So we gui- will guide you through VR. Uh, there with you you know the organizing team is there with you in terms of guiding you through Uh, I remember an incident you know when I started with the Mithi river cleanup there was Mm -hmm. illegal sand mining happening there and there's an illegal community which is settled at the banks of the river Mm -hmm. so uh, there's a leading newspaper who did a story on it it came on the front page and it created a ruckus I got Mm -hmm. a call from the Assistant Commissioner of the BMC of mm-hmm. my locality and mm-hmm. he asked me what the thing is and he basically uh, gave a uh, legal notice to the tenants staying there that the houses would be demolished mm-hmm. and the guys really thought that I really lost an official complaint against them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there were four or five guys you know who walked up to me and you know, tried to threaten me yeah. that, you know you should not do a cleanup, that it's not safe anything can happen to mm-hmm. you. And I was, I was just twenty back then, you know, mm. I was really paranoid. Mm. But then I had to show that I wasn't paranoid. <laughs> yeah. So I just said that, you know, that is, see, I've been doing this for two years. If you think this, you know, I've been doing this without any kind of support, mm-hmm. then you are wrong. Yeah. The the worst thing that you can do is, you know, harm me. But mm-hmm. then if you do that, I'm I'll make sure that you you don't uh stay around this, yeah. this community you know yeah now i was bluffing I <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i had to do that you know when, when when such situation comes you cannot show that you are actually paranoid mm-hmm. or the thing is really getting to you so mm-hmm. i tried to really bluff and that worked you know mm-hmm. that that thing yeah. didn't happen but i have realized one thing when such situations comes you cannot really go head to head with them because mm-hmm. you know there are times when i do not go for the cleanup drives you know there are there are female volunteers that come for the cleanup drives. so their safety is on me yeah. So I also have to make sure that, you know, there's no harm to them as well. Mm-hmm. It's always better, you know, you know, be sweet to them, you know, get things done with, through them and mm-hmm. keep them involved. So the things are yeah. pretty well now, you know, we have support from the local community now. Yeah, Some of great. them mm-hmm. yeah, really join us for the cleanup. But that happened after we worked at that, at that location for one and a half yeah. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this says that, you know, you cannot really expect for change to happen in a day. Mm-hmm. It takes months, it takes years, it sometimes even takes decades. You need to be consistent at what you are doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember we we met last, I believe, two years back okay. uh, or about a year and a half back. And that was, I believe, your first public appearance in terms of talking about uh, beach cleanups or rather um, y- about your journey itself. I want to understand what has changed after that. Like you've done many more public appearances. Your public speaking definitely has something improved. It's something I can definitely say for sure. So what has happened? What has that process been like for you?
1: Um... Honestly, Pranav, I've always been this introvert kind of a person you know, who's shy of pe- meeting people, you know, talking to people, everything. So for the first one and a half years of our campaign, I rejected all the offers that I got for you know, public appearances, like your talks and interviews. Mm-hmm. But I came to a point when I realized that, you know, this is not my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But if I want to reach out to more people, I'll have to get out of my comfort zone and do something, you know, get into uh, talking to people and meet new people. That's how mm-hmm. I will get through, uh, get through this and meet new people, reach out to more people, basically. Yeah. And that's where I, I, I accepted the first offer, you know, the conference that I did in Nashik, where mm. we met, you know. Mm. I still remember, you know, I had a slot of 20 minutes yeah. and I, I actually tried to ratify everything, you know, <laughs> like my speech. Yeah. I, I went on the stage, I said everything and I thought, you know, <laughs> yeah. I walked and I realized it's been only five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, since then and now, I think I have, like you said, you know, rightly said, I have learned a lot of things. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, there's been a kind of confidence in me, you know, mm-hmm. to talk to people. And I think that's how you learn. Yeah. The only thing is you shouldn't be scared of doing something which you are not comfortable with you yeah. shouldn't be uh, scared of you know people laughing at you i'm sure a lot of people must have laughed at me but that's fine i have learned over time hmm. i am I'm an improved person i am a better version of myself right now what i was you know a couple of years back and hmm. that's how it needs to be you know with every passing day you need to be better than what you were yesterday hmm. and that's how even today you know i'm sitting here I- i'm really not ha- i'm really not comfortable with this you know yeah. but then i have to do what i have to do yeah. right? <laughs> sometimes you know for the bigger cause you you know there's a saying that you know to win the bigger battles, you have to lose the small battles.
2: Great. So you yeah. have to
1: make those personal sacrifices.
0: So this is kind mm-hmm. of a personal sacrifice <laughs> for me. <laughs> so where, where do these really nice anecdotes or other thoughts come from? Do you read a lot for that? Uh, yeah, I read a lot. Okay.
1: Uh, I, I like kind of reading Shirees, you know. Shirees? Shirees. Okay. Um, uh i like reading those quotes and everything i uh, basically follow a lot of pages you have on instagram you know (laughs) uh you have those motivational quotes and everything so every day in the morning i just go through those pages read those and that's the five minutes i do in the morning and that's Mm. something that keeps me you know motivated you
0: know i can do this i can Mm -hmm. get through this and that's 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 my day (laughs) that's that's quite interesting shairies i i never thought of you as someone who would be following shairies do you do shairies yourself
1: uh I don't do Sharis myself, but yeah. I can uh, really say that I had written a poem that okay. was for my ex-girlfriend. The first ever time I've written something was for her. Mm-hmm. I never attempted after that. Okay. <laughs> but uh but I would like to say something uh for the beach cleanups, you know. Like mm-hmm. we've been cleaning for so long and the beach isn't clean, you know. There's something I would like to,
0: you
1: know, quote it through like.
0: Wow, that's, that's quite amazing. I mean, <laughs> this is something that we've been trying that's to follow. quite, quite nice. I, I really like that. This is something that you have written. I haven't written I've read it somewhere. Okay. I'm not good
1: at writing, but I'm good at reading and memorizing those things. Okay.
0: Nice. Nice. So just understanding on those lines as well. What does the next three years or five years look for you as Malar Colombe? Like, what do you think the next three years look like for you?
1: Uh, you know, all this while we've been working on the ground level, you know, to create and change and create an impact right now a whole focus is on sensitizing people i'm working on a couple of uh, pan india projects where we're mm. trying to create uh, a leadership program for the youth you know maybe create uh, more change makers and you know somebody who needs to take the legacy forward mm. now now one thing i did a reality show you know uh, recently One good thing that happened after the reality show was there were a lot of people that reached out to me and who tried to replicate the cleanup, cleanup uh, the whole uh, campaign in their localities. Mm. There's a group that's doing a cleanup in Nashik, there's a group that's doing a cleanup uh, in Andaman and Nicobar Islands, you know, so that is something I really, uh, you know, made me happy that, you know, that even if one person gets inspired through my initiative, I think I have lived through it and I've done my bet you know yeah. and there are a lot of people doing it so we are trying to create a leadership program that if in case you just want to start a you know initiative of your own not exactly a cleaner but anything in terms of any sector could be you know in terms of teaching underprivileged kids uh feeding stray dogs or you know doing cleanups we will guide you through we will take you through you know uh like i said you know peace is just not a community it's a mindset hmm. it's a community by the youth and for the youth so we're hmm. trying to Create more leaders for our tomorrow because we, I believe you know, person that the young people, the youth are the change makers and I think they are the ones who can create impact in the long run of the country, you know, I think it's time that we take things in our hands, Hmm. you know, so we're trying to do that, you know, we're working on multiple projects on Pan India. In fact, we're starting cleanups at multiple locations across India, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, somebody who's in a different part of the city, uh, part of the country, wants to do a cleanup, can definitely go and join at that, you know, specified location. Right. So, that's one thing. I'm also working on a startup. Okay. Uh, where we're trying to create merchandise out of the waste that we find on the beach. Very right? interesting. You know, that's my whole motive and that's my whole goal. You know, yeah. I want to work on that. That's something I want to do for my, uh, that's my ambition, you know, to mm-hmm. become a social entrepreneur. Because, you know, though we started with the cleanups, I realized that cleanups, uh, sensitizing people, recycling, you know, mm-hmm. uh, products and sustainable lifestyle,
0: yeah,
1: all should go hand in hand. So mm-hmm. step by step, we're trying to, you know, take things in our hands and yeah. move
0: towards that goal. Yeah. So basically collecting all the uh, plastic that's there on the beach and then recycling it in a manner where you can create apparel. That's yeah. that's the thought. That's, that's quite a lot to do, right? Uh, so you're building a... Uh, organization for that. Exactly.
1: But I think that is very, very difficult because the on a daily basis, we remove around 3,000 to 4,000 kgs of waste. You know, okay. uh, There's a lot of waste into it. It's a mixture, basically. You'll find organic, non-organic. You'll find uh, sanitary napkins into it. There are condoms, diapers. There's medical mm. waste. There are sofa sets into it, backpacks, everything that you have in your household, will find there. Okay. So there's microplastics into it. So segregating mm. that kind of waste. And then, you know, if you have to recycle it, you have to wash it mm. or you have to dry it and then send it for recycling. So yeah. right now it's not economically viable. Mm. Also, it's not practically possible to, you know, segregate that much amount of trash in a day. Mm. So yeah. we're trying to come up with something that we at least uh, collect the waste from the communities, from the households, basically directly from the household. In these communities, which are around the rivers and around the beaches, uh, and send it for recycling. Hmm. I think that could be a better option than you know segregating. Because a lot of people tell me you know that you collect the waste from the beaches and send it to the landfills. That's again you know you know you're taking the waste from one place and it dumping it somewhere. Hmm. But that's the best thing we can do right now.
2: Hmm. Hmm. It's
1: much better than the waste going to, into the ocean and you know uh, you know staying it in the landfills. But, so that's, that's the reason I said, you know, we started with the cleanup drives as something, you know, as a passion. Then we thought about the source. Then we moved up to the meteor river cleanup. You know, then we're trying to create, trying to sensitize people right now. Then we're trying to recycle the waste right now. So I think with every passing day, we, we are trying to move one step, you know, one step, one ladder, you know, on the, on the step basically. And create an impact basically. That's how you work. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's always one step at a time.
0: Yeah. So one step, one step. And what's the massive big goal? Having 10,000 people come to the beach. Like what's the massive goal? Uh,
1: You know, like I said before, uh, there's a lot of trash inside the ocean bed. My ultimate aim is to clean the ocean bed. I -hmm. know it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of efforts from our end as well. But I want to see ourselves cleaning the ocean because there's a lot of trash, like I said, in the ocean, which is harming the marine life, Mm. you know, there's one cleanup called the ocean cleanup happening in the Pacific or Boyan Slade is doing it. And I want to do something of that sort, you know, replicate something in our country, you know, basically in the Indian Ocean. Mm. Now it's going to take us, it's going to be a much difficult task for us looking at how supportive our authorities and government is, but that's what I aim to do, you know, because Uh, I've I've read somewhere that if you uh, aim for the moon, you'll somewhere land in the stars.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's what we're trying to do. That's great. That's great. Uh, Ocean cleanups, beach cleanups and in the India movement. That's what is up for you next. And for beach please as well, that's that's the same goal or you are looking at focusing a lot more on India, uh, sorry, Mumbai or specific areas in Mumbai or expanding in Mumbai itself?
1: Uh, Right now, we're trying to go pan-India. Basically, I want to take this movement on a global level, you know, uh, where people try to learn something from uh, maybe get inspired by us, you know, and try something know, replicate the whole idea in their own localities. Mm -hmm. Could be a person in a different country, could be in a person in a different state. But I think beach cleanups doesn't require uh, much of a skills or, you know, anything. It's just hard work and dedication that you require. Mm -hmm. Now, there are places where there are no beaches. You can go and clean your forest. There are a lot of things that you can do. Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of people criticize the beach cleanups. You know, that um, if you clean the beach today, there's the same trash coming back to the beach tomorrow. It's not a sustainable solution. Mm -hmm. Now, I agree to that. But, you know, it's a, I look look at it as a very effective tool of sensitizing the people. Now, you and I can sit here and talk about plastic pollution and marine pollution. Hmm. But unless we don't go to the beach and clean it ourselves, we will not understand how difficult the problem is, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we're trying to do. Now, we've had Kids, you know, school students basically as young as six year olds coming for the cleanup drives. Hmm. Now, we know for a fact that they are not very effective in terms of beach cleanups. Hmm. But I also know that, you know, when they come to the beach and do it themselves. It's
0: instilling that value.
1: Exactly. Right? It's yeah. experiential learning. Yeah. They learn something out of it. So the next time they find a polythene back on the beach, next time they go to the market and their mom, you know, gets a polythene back from a vendor, they are the ones who try to stop them. Stop them. them yes. You know, And, and you know, after the cleanups, we sit at the beach and, you know, we have a conversation, Q&A session with the kids and we ask them, you know, what did you find on the beach? Hmm. Why do you think it comes here? What can you do to, you know, try to avoid the problem? And the kids these days are so smart. You wouldn't believe there was an incident. I remember one of the kids said, you know, why can't we take the trash and put it on the moon?
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had no answer to that, you know. Yeah.
1: So these are the kids, you know, who, who go up to the parents and, and tell them, you know, this, this is harming the environment. We mm-hmm. need to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are very fragile. Their mindset is very fragile. So it's very easy to mold them. And I've realized one thing that young people are, have a very fragile mindset. And being in the same age group, it's been very easier for me to, you know, change their perspective toward things. Mm -hmm. then change the perspective of person who's, you know, much older to me. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason if you see the volunteer base of our community is basically uh, students, college students and school students Okay. and remaining 10, 15 percent is basically the corporates Mm -hmm. and regular citizens. So we're trying to, you know, like instill these values into them. So Mm -hmm. when, when they are young and you try to, you know, show them what the reality is when they Mm -hmm. grow old, they have the understanding about understanding the problem and creating solution towards, you know, all this while, you know, uh, we've been in a denial denial of, you know, climate change. And right. now people start to realize climate change is real. Hmm. I think the biggest problem problem is not addressing the problem because hmm. unless you don't address the problem, address unless you don't address that there is climate change, you cannot find a, a solution to tackle climate change, right? Hmm. That's the bigger challenge. So you need to understand that first there is a problem. And then you can work towards finding a solution to it.
0: Yeah, so finding the problem and then also finding the solution. It's exactly. extremely, extremely important. It's great that you have put that in such a manner. Uh, it's week 152 for you now. Uh, I believe it's been a very crazy journey for now. But what have the highlights been in the last three years for you?
1: On a personal level? Yes. I think the most happiest moment, if you ask me or oh, you'd be surprised to know that uh-huh. was when my Instagram account got verified. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. You know, we're from a millennial generation, yes. you know, like the GZ uh, Z generation. Yeah. So I think, uh, and it happened overnight, you know, like mm. I had just 1300 followers on Instagram yeah. and my account got verified. Yeah. And one of my friends calls me up and tells me that your Instagram account got verified. i like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, let me check. Yeah. you wouldn't believe that night my entire team we went out partying <laughs> because I got verified you know <laughs> that's a great part. So that has been, too. you know because uh, I think a same similar question was asked to me at one of the conferences okay uh, so there was one student who asked me what was the most happiest moment in your life and basically some of the people expected I would see the UN award mm-hmm. yes it was a happy moment but you know Getting your account Insta uh, (laughs) verified was like the best thing that happened to me. Yeah,
0: this stops it up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, fine, cool. So Insta verification and then what's the next one then? (laughs) Uh,
1: I think uh, somewhere that I am creating an impact, Mm. somewhere that people are believing in me, Mm. somewhere that just because I started the cleanup drives, you know, I could clean more than 5000 tons of garbage from the city's coastline. Mm. I could engage more than 70,000 citizens. I could change the mindset or at least I could, you know, force them to think about environment hmm. is something I think is an achievement to me,
2: nice. you know,
1: because that's what I've been trying to do for a very long time, you know, hmm. awards will come and go, you know, like I said, ticks will come and go, all these things are very temporary, but I think this is something I will cherish for the rest of my life, that I hmm. created an impact, yeah. even though I haven't cleaned the entire beach, but at least tomorrow when the beach will be clean, I can happily say that, you know, there was some part of me. Involved into the whole thing.
0: Yeah, so going back and doing your bit is extremely important for each one of us. That's great. So, I mean, I think we are almost at the end, but I would also like to just get your own thoughts. That if you have one particular thing to tell the youth right now, or yeah, that's one one thing. What's that one thing to tell them? I
1: think, uh, India is the largest democracy in the world. What does a democracy mean? It means participation with the government, you know, how open do we participation with the government. Hmm. I think once in five years, when we cast our vote, Hmm. but some of us even don't do that. Uh, It's high time that, you know, as citizens, we start participating with the government, you know, if, for example, if you take, uh, take an example of Mumbai city, you know, Hmm. the population of Mumbai is around two crores. Yeah. And there are around 15 to 20 lakh like, BMC employees taking care of the city. Hmm. You do the maths; it's inadequate. Yeah. Any government, any authority, any political party cannot take care of the city unless the citizens participate with them. I'll give you a very small example. You know, often we uh, spot potholes on the road. Hmm. What do we do? Maybe complain about it, you know, crib about it, and just move on. Yeah. How often do we call up the municipal authority and tell them that we spotted a pothole? Please come and fix it.
2: Hmm. We don't
1: do that. Yeah. And I think if we don't do that, we don't have any right to question about the problems around us because we are not owning up to the problems. We are mm. not, you know, being a part of uh, creating solutions to it. So I think it's high time as, as citizens, as responsible citizens, we do something, uh, you know, take those extra efforts, you know, in creating a better sitting because I think whether a whether a country is good or bad, it's up to the citizens. We make it good or bad. Hmm. So I think it's 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 the citizens who make it good or bad, and we need to do something. You know, in we need to have a contribution in building this nation is hmm. what I believe. Hmm. And and I think a handful of people cannot change the scenario. You know, hmm. uh, we need more and more people coming up. I know we have a busy lifestyle, a very fast moving lifestyle. But I think some everyone needs to remove some kind of time. You know, from their life uh, for the nation. You know. Uh, that's when we can have an impact.
0: So inspiring action. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's quite a large thought to have. Um, what what, you, what is one thing that you're grateful for in the past three years with what is, whatever has been happening?
1: Uh, I think I've seen a lot of setbacks, a lot of hardships. Uh, honestly speaking, uh, I have a single mother, mm-hmm. a parent separated when I was 10 years old. Okay. Uh, so I have seen a very difficult childhood, but uh, I've been very grateful for the things that I've seen because somewhere what I am today is because what are the things that I've seen in my childhood, hmm. you know, so every hardship or every difficult time that I have seen through my life, I'm really, very really grateful to it because it has taught me something. It has molded me to be a better person. Hmm. And I think I'm very grateful to be, to have a life, to have the vision and to have the understanding to basically start a cleanup drive, you know, like it started like a school you know, like I said before mm-hmm. you know but uh, I think somewhere I consider myself lucky you mm-hmm. know there's a there's a dialogue in the series the crown you know the okay. crown always finds the right head
2: mm-hmm.
1: I feel the environment and find always finds the right person to you know take after it look right. after it basically yeah and I think uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that uh, that it chose me mm-hmm.
2: you know
1: like I did not choose the cleanups the cleanups choose me because I planned to be a chartered accountant
2: okay <laughs> so
1: I feel that I'm grateful that I have this responsibility of mm-hmm. creating an impact and that's the thing
0: that's that's great I'm not going to take a lot of time you can head to your beach cleanup right after this I believe that's that's the next thing for you to do today exactly okay perfect thank you so much for coming down it is great to talk to you about beach cleanups about you and also understanding how do you bring the shebang in it I really feel the shebang in it for you is inspiring action and inspiring the youth to take that action towards cleaning the environment or rather just being active citizens, right? And that's a great, great uh, thought and conversation that we just had. Thank you so much for coming down.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a great session.